Hi everyone, my name is Gabriel and this is the Hour of the Raven, your channel for everything Ravenloft, RPG, Dungeons and Dragons and Horror. Today we are going to delve deeper into our studies of ghosts and discuss the best ways to hunt, find and destroy these restless spirits. Although ghosts are classic enemies in Dungeons and Dragons, in the Ravenloft campaign setting, these creatures received a lot of attention and development in order to become unique and complex adversaries. The main book to present information about these creatures is the Von Richten's Guide to Ghosts, an in-depth study of the spirits that return from the grave to haunt the living, in a series of tomes about the horrors that dwell in the lands of the mists. The present video will not be focused on game mechanics, but will be directly inspired by the old books about these creatures in Ravenloft, mainly from the second edition of Dungeons and Dragons. If you play the fifth edition, you see that there are some differences in the approach to ghosts, but this video can be a source of information or even inspiration for creating new and more dangerous villains and enemies for your campaign. In this video, we will explore their powers and weaknesses, and the best way to find and destroy a ghost. Before we start, I would also like to invite you to check the YouTube channel Polyhedral Paradise. I will be joining Jason for a chat on May the 4th at 8pm to discuss Ravenloft, and perhaps a little crossover with Spelljammer and Star Wars, since it will be Star Wars Day. I will leave the link to the channel in the video description. Are you ready? As we travel from Morden to the lands of Demolu, we study one of the works of the missing monster hunter Dr. Rudolf von Richten to discover the best way to hunt and fight the specters that plague the land of the mists. Those who want to hunt ghosts, spirits and hauntings must prove to be patient and fearless, and most above all seek to know their enemy before acting. Confronting a ghost is one of the most dangerous tasks a monster hunter might engage in, and these enemies are elusive and powerful, and can easily shift from the role of hunter to become the hunter. Restless spirits often hide some tragic secret and unlocking these secrets can be the key to winning a confrontation with these monsters and bringing the undead the final bliss of true death. Furthermore, any confrontation with this type of ghosts may be preceded by a significant period of study and observation, so that you know the habits and weaknesses of the monster and know how to weigh the risk of your activity. First of all, it is necessary to comprehend some metaphysical theses about our reality that can help a ghost hunter to better understand the powers and challenges posed by such creatures. There is much debate among arcanists, religious and occult scholars about the nature of reality and about the possibility of different planes of existence. Many are the mist-swallowed outsiders who claim to come from distant worlds and who report incredible feats of extraplanar travels through unbelievable locations. Some with different theories about the organization of the cosmos, 
and even trace the home of their gods into these distant landscapes. Others claim to be able to conjure terrible creatures from elemental or infernal planes and use their power and knowledge to aid their cause. The truth about such metaphysical concepts may escape the minds of most monster hunters, since not even the most capable arcane or priest can open any kind of mystical portal that leads someone out to explore other planes of existence, and many frustratedly claim that the lands of the mist is some sort of confined prison or demiplane, controlled by undefined and mysterious dark powers. Some experts, however, claim that there is indeed a plane adjacent to the material plane in which the land of the mist exists. A kind of frontier region between this material existence and the deep ethereal plane. This frontier region, known as the ethereal border, appears to overlap the land of the mists and allow the immaterial creatures that inhabit it to glimpse the material world as if separated by a translucent shroud, which cover the eyes of a corpse. The few who dare venture and explore the ethereal water are clear in saying that it does not allow its travelers to escape out of the demiplane of dread, and that its inhabitants are also prisoners of this reality. More than that, those who frequent this supernatural zone claim that the ethereal border is where the ghosts and restless spirits that haunt the lands of the mists dwell. Understanding this connection between the insubstantial undead and the arterial border that surround us help us to understand some of their supernatural abilities, as such creatures can assert their will to cross the arterial border and invade the material plane. Almost every undead spirit can become insubstantial being able to pass through solid objects, and even become immune to attack from common weapons. The experienced monster hunter Dr. Udo von Richten believed that this circumstance is the ultimate proof of the ethereal nature of these creatures. He believes that corporeal ghosts, which can take physical form, can be more easily injured, and that should a group of adventurers find a way to cross into the ethereal border, even ordinary weapons will be able to harm a ghost in this state of existence. The insubstantial aspect of these spirits makes them creatures practically invulnerable to ordinary weapons, and only enchanted or blessed weapons can harm them. The greater the magnitude of a ghost's power, the more powerful the enchanted weapon must be to injure its spectral body. Another typical ability of a ghost is its ability to turn invisible. The ethereal nature of their bodies and the ability of these creatures to penetrate the thin veil that separates the material and ethereal world makes them terrifying and stealthy opponents. Those who intend to confront a spirit without the support of spells to detect invisible creatures or the support of a sensitive medium can easily find themselves at the mercy of their enemies that will be ready to strike when least expected. Dr. Rudolf van Richten believes that all spectral undead can replenish their energies upon entering the ethereal border in a process he calls rejuvenation. 
even if their spectral body has been damaged, ghosts can focus their power to absorb the ethereal essence around them and replenish their energies. During this process, they must remain inert and concentrated, and the speed with which they are able to fully restore their energies varies according to the magnitude of their power and varies between one hour to a few minutes. These spectral undead are also endowed with numerous immunities, and many arcane or clerical spells are ineffective against such creatures. In addition, some spirits are shown to be immune or vulnerable to a certain nature of attacks, in ways that only their unique and tragic past can reveal. A ghost of someone who died under an avalanche might be immune or more vulnerable to cold or fire spells, for example. It is important to remember that, like many undead, these creatures can still retain racial or class abilities that they had while alive. It is possible that the specter of a powerful sorcerer still has the means to use its mystical knowledge, and that the specter of a great general is a formidable enemy in direct combat. In addition to these previously mentioned abilities, some ghosts have extraordinary abilities, which make them even more cruel and dangerous enemies. These abilities are as vast and diverse as the tragic nature that surround the creation of these monsters, and make observing and researching these enemies a crucial element to victory. Some undead spirits manifest their powers through spectral auras that taint those around them with spurious feelings. Some possess an aura of despair, which causes those who confront them to lose hope and surrender to lethargy, depression or frustration, becoming unable to respond adequately to the threat that surrounds them. Other specters are capable of inflicting powerful supernatural fear, causing their pursuers to scatter in panic in a disorderly fashion, making them even easier victims for their attacks. The aura of some specters can induce their targets to total paralysis, leaving them at the mercy of their tormentors. And a few, especially those of corrupted appearance, are capable of driving their victims into a state of revulsion, making their victims nauseated. Some ghosts are capable of exerting phantom influences on the environment they inhabit. Some can create powerful illusions and use such abilities to terrify their victims, who cannot distinguish illusion from reality. Other specters can use powerful telekinetic forces and use such power to manipulate and hurl objects at their opponents. One of the most terrifying and harmful abilities a ghost can possess is the ability to cause accelerate aging in their victims. Even low magnitude undead have the potential to age an individual by a few decades with their macabre touch, while higher magnitude specters can drive an individual to an early death with a few hits of their spectral touch. Other spirits are capable of inflicting serious injuries on their victims with their touch. Although at first no injuries are apparent, the touch of these spirits can cause serious damage to the body, and the area where they strike takes a sickening redness. 
Even though these marks fade over time, such blows usually leave permanent scars on their victims. Some ghosts can drain an individual's memories, causing them to forget minutes or even decades of their past. Others, even more feared, suck the very life energy of their victims, as if they had been touched by a source of powerful negative energy. Other powerful forms of ghostly attacks can drain their victims' attributes, causing temporary or even permanent physical or intellectual weakness, depending on their magnitude of power. Victims of these types of ghostly attacks often find no rest after death and return from the grave as lesser undead creatures. It is not uncommon for an area haunted by a ghost to soon become home to other types of corporeal undead, and some ghosts may even exert some sort of control over these monsters. Another type of deadly attack that some specters of great power possess is their kin and wailing. This kin, manifested in the form of a hideous scream, is a powerful attack used by the spirits known as banshees and its sound is said to be capable of stopping a man's heart. While this wail can be heard from great distances, only those closest to its source are truly threatened. Luckily, most spirits can only use this devastating power a few times each day. As if such direct attacks weren't enough to make these creatures formidable enemies, many spectral undead still have the ways to exert their will over inanimate objects or even living creatures. The mere sight of some spectres can lead individuals to a supernatural fascination and a deep trance. Other spirits can exert their influence to bewitch the will of men and animals, command or summon them to their presence, or even completely dominate the will of their victims, turning them into mere puppets. Perhaps the most terrifying extraordinary ability of a ghost is the ability to occupy a foreign body. Some spirits manage to infiltrate their ghostly essence onto solid objects and subject them to their will. Reports abound of specters controlling paintings, armor, carriages, ships, or even mansions and castles, making the experience of those near such objects a nightmare. The most terrifying form of a specter possession, however, is when it decides to possess the body of a living creature. When a ghost decides to invade and inhabit a victim's body, it effectively expels the creature's spirits from its own body, and in this act murders the victim. Spirits of victims of this type of attack often also become undead, with their spirit wandering aimlessly through the tragedy of the abrupt splitting of the bond between their spirit and their body. The ghost then proceeds to occupy the body as a receptacle, and when magical means to force its exit are not present, the only way to expel them is to destroy the body it now occupies, a task capable of destroying the sanity of their loved ones and former companions of battle. 
with so many extraordinary and supernatural powers. It is hard to imagine how these creatures could be effectively hunted down and destroyed. However, the incorporeal undead also have some weaknesses that can be exploited by their hunters. In the hunt for ghosts, it is always recommended to have the presence of magic users. These ghostly creatures are full of resources and subterfuges, and sometimes the use of arcane or divine magic can be one of the best ways to combat and expose these monsters. A cleric support can be invaluable, and their ability to ward off the undead with the power of their fate can make them strategic members in a confrontation with such monsters. It is known that many insubstantial undead are injured by holy water, and this can be an important weapon in combating these creatures. It must be remembered, however, that the older a ghost is, the greater the chance that it will become immune to holy water. The research of the famous monster hunter Rudolf von Richten reveals that ghosts are also susceptible to the presence of allergens, substances that can cause them repulsion or fascination. The mere presence of this substance can be a nuisance for the specters, and they bring them recollections of unwanted memories of their traumas, and are more effective when displayed in front of the specters in a theatrical way. Finding an effective allergen, however, demands a hard research work, and two ghosts will not react similarly to the same substance. A rosebud may be effective against the ghost of a betrayed lover, but it may prove ineffective against the ghost of a bloodthirsty soldier. Other ghosts, while unaffected by allergens, may be injured or influenced by objects that might mean something important about their lives or death. A ghost of a hanging man may not feel repulsion or attraction to a knot of rope, but might be captured or injured if a nose is thrown around his neck. Finally, it is important to remember that a spectral body can still be wounded by a few weapons, and that direct confrontation and combat is also a possibility. However, most incorporeal undead had proven to be resistant to ordinary weapons. The best alternative to combat this undead is the use of enchanted weapons. Even the most powerful of ghosts will fear the power of an enchanted weapon, and this is the best bet if you have to confront these monsters. Sometimes, however, Enchanted weapons are not available, and hunters will need to further research what weapons a spirit might be vulnerable to. Some spirits may be vulnerable to weapons forged from a specific material. The ghost of a miser might perhaps be wounded by weapons made of gold, or the spirit of a drowned man may be wounded by weapons made of shell and corals. Finally, it is possible that a ghost's tragic past makes him vulnerable to certain types of specific weapons. Perhaps an ancient hell room might have power against the restless spirits, or, as Dr. Van Richten tells in his book, the ghost of a proud blacksmith might be hurt by the weapons he had forged while alive. 
faced with enemies with such a variety of powers and vulnerabilities, the hunt for these creatures must be the subject of great planning and strategy by all involved, and must never be an impetuous act, under the penalty of condemning everyone to a terrible death. The first step in a hunt should always be to collect reports from victims who have already witnessed the haunting. Rarely will a ghost hunter be the first to encounter such a monster, and by gathering reports of the creature previous encounter and sightings, the hunters may attempt to create a profile for these creatures. This step is where an adventurous cold analytical mind must be alert. The different cultures of the land of the mists harbor many customs, traditions, legends and folklore, and the superstitious minds of its inhabitants often see supernatural horrors where none exists. If reliable reports point to the existence of a ghost, and a group of hunters feel able to face this threat with the resources they have, the hunt should move to the second stage of investigation and research. This is perhaps one of the most important parts of the process. Trying to discover a ghost's identity while alive, what were his ambitions and desires, and what circumstances surrounded his death to generate enough karmic resonance to transform him into an undead can be crucial information in figuring out a way to defeat him. Based on eyewitness accounts and on these investigations, a group can begin to gather important elements to categorize their enemies and plan a battle strategy. The next step in a hunt involves great preparation and risk. To confirm their theories and identify potential vulnerabilities, hunters should try to observe the ghost firsthand. When it comes to hunting tired to an anchor or whose appearances are linked to a trigger, hunters might find a way to observe the ghost from a safe distance, to trace their pattern of behavior and perhaps discover some of their weaknesses. Groups that feel confident in their theories should then put their skills to the test. After careful preparation, the group should look to have a preliminary encounter with the enemy to test the effectiveness of their weapons, possible allergens, and other powers and weaknesses of their enemy. This first contact must always be made with an escape route in mind, and the presence of a powerful cleric or other means of fending off the monster might be necessary to ensure the group's survival. After this first contact, however, a group of hunters must be prepared to act quickly in the next steps. Ghosts are intelligent undead and can often turn the tables on hunters or take steps to impede their success in future encounters. With all elements and information tested, it's now up to the hunters to organize the final confrontation against the creature. Whenever possible, this combat should be well planned, using the time and place where the apparition usually manifests itself in favor of the hunters. Teamwork is essential, as is the use of weapons, spells and allergens that have been previously tested against the creature. Only then, can combat against such powerful enemies 
have any chance of success. Finally, it is worth noting that a haunting does not always need to be confronted in combat so that it can be put to rest. Sometimes a ghost restless spirit seeks only justice for its death, the fulfillment of a duty assumed while alive, or for his name and honor to be restored, and it may find peace and rest through the resolution of these problems. Other times, a malignant ghost has its essence linked to some spiritual anchor and it can be destroyed if the person, object or place to which it is anchored is destroyed. Given the extraordinary abilities of these creatures, appeasing or destroying a spirit without the need for confrontation is always desirable, true, not always possible. Perhaps the most valuable weapon against a spectral undead is knowledge, and the most valuable support at such times is that of a medium, people with extraordinary gifts capable of communicating with the dead. Join us, subscribe to this channel and turn on notifications, and in our next video we will discuss in depth the abilities of mediums to communicate with the dead make an effort to list the different types of hauntings found in the lands of the mists.